0: the devil eye. Yes, it is Thursday. We are back with a brand new episode and I'm so thrilled to welcome someone who has been on my list for quite some time. And you know you know what it's like. I'm doing all the booking for the podcast. And it's, it's very hard. Matching up dates and times and places. And people cancel. Luckily this didn't cancel. It came through. I was about half an hour late. I was stuck in a traffic jam. We talk about that at the beginning. It's fine. Get over it. We got it recorded. It's with the wonderful Giles Torreira. That is right. The Olivier Award winning actor. Who played Aaron Burr in Hamilton, but you're going to know him, uh, from, he's been, done stints at the RSC, the National, the Donmar. He is exceptional. He's an exceptionally smart human being, a passionate guy, um, and very thoughtful, so thoughtful. Um, and I think this really comes across in this episode. We do talk, uh, a little bit. About how pandemic may have changed things. So if you're sensitive to pandemic things, not that anything, you know, just talk about it, but uh if you don't want to listen to that, it's fine. Forward the first sort of ten or fifteen. Don't actually don't. It's a really good conversation. Um, it's been a long time since I've spoken to Giles, as you're here on the episode. But I'm really thrilled that he made time because I've I've followed his uh path. With his career and his book that is out at the moment, which you really need to read, regardless of the fact if you've if you've seen Hamilton or not. Um what's stopping you? It's on Disney Plus, it's really good. Um, go to the theatre. They're open. Um you won't see Giles though, because he was in the original London cast for which he won his Olivier. But his book is called Hamilton and Me. And It is a diary of rehearsals and his whole journey during Hamilton. And it is exceptional, is what it is. It's exceptional. And if you want a little taster, if you're in the UK, or actually, no, you can get BBC Sounds everywhere, can't you? Go to BBC Sounds, trawl back on Radio 4, Google search uh, Hamilton and me, He did uh, a week's worth of little extracts uh, of him reading the book and I listen to it religiously every day and it is brilliant. And that'll give you a a little taster of what the book's about. And if you're a graduate or you're in training or you've got nothing to do with it, still grab a copy um, or, or listen to that. Radio 4 extracts. It'll really wet your whistle. Um, And you'll hear how intelligent and passionate Giles is when it comes to taking on such a mammoth role as Aaron Burr. So, uh, yeah, let's get down to it. This is the Two Shot Podcast with the mighty Giles Terreira. And we're good. Oh, Giles, (laughs) Giles,
1: <laughs> oh,
0: sorry, I've just... Have you had um, the word
1: shittiest day?
0: No, not the shittiest day, just one of those heavy traffic days. So I did an eight-hour round trip today, and the summer holiday traffic on the M5 and M6 is kind of quite unforgiving. But yeah. I, in those situations, I just think, well, look, What can I do? I can't change anything about this. So I've just got to be at peace with it and try and relax as best as possible. But when you've got a six o'clock recording, you you start to get a bit, I'm just going to have to text from a traffic light here. I I may have texted from a a red light on a traffic light or I may have not. For anybody listening, you know, I may have not done that. Um,
1: But you made it, so it's fine.
0: But I made it and you've been incredibly cool. Thank you. Um, So where were you? Where? Where was four hours away? Where was four hours away? No, I was driving back uh, from Brighton where I'm uh, filming, but I had to drop a package off in Gloucestershire. Brutal. Um, And when I say a package, I just mean my 10-year-old son, Um, (laughs) which, you know, is the most special package you could drop off. Of course. Um, But it's fine. But this is not about me. This is about you. It always has been. And how are you? How's things?
1: I'm all right. I'm all right, thank mm. you. It's good to see you. It's been it's good. 75 years since I it's saw been, you. <laughs> it's been a very, very since long time. Since we spoke. Time. I mean, I've seen you lots because you're always doing shit, but we haven't actually spoken to each other for, for and sort of met like this for quite a while. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm in Edinburgh at the moment. I just decided to come up to Edinburgh on a uh, Tuesday night. Um, and... Uh, I found a hotel, and here I am. And the weather is amazing, so I've been I've been um, sort of wandering around and uh, having a great time. So I'm 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 pretty chilled at the moment.
0: I I'm, mean, you're lucky because any other August, you would not be just making a trip up to Edinburgh and finding a hotel at all, would you? Considering no, the state no, of the fringe.
1: No, and I didn't think there was going to be any. Any rooms at all, um, or at least if there were that they 'd be very, very expensive but I, I was I guess because I was so last minute I found a nice place um right in the middle of town and and the weather 's amazing so i'm i 'm here for a week and and uh, I mean of course it's it's it 's kind of bittersweet because so much of the festival isn 't really happening I mean there's still mm. people up here, and there 's still a lot happening. Yeah, um, but it's it's noticeable that it's um, it's not what it normally is.
0: No, I mean I've got a, a few mates who are stand-up comedians, and you know mm. they're not they're going and coming up and doing like three or four shows right. on the on the bounce, and then coming home because yeah. you know the plane's limited capacity. But I was listening on I think it was Radio Five yesterday that um, forgive me, I do forget her name. Uh, one of the heads of the fringe, and you know they're looking to sort of recoup and need about seven point five million, right, to, to help sort of boost everything. And it's going to take a long time, many many
1: years, to claw back right. all those losses. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough, but like I say, I mean, it's good to see performers. I was just up and down the Royal Mile this, this earlier on, and you know, just to see like someone. Setting up their pitch and then doing oh. their show for half an hour, and getting you know a hundred people stood there and and having an amazing time there 's something very pure about it um, which which i 've got quite, quite moved by actually There was a guy I got into town, and i the first thing I went down I was down the mile yesterday, and there was a guy just stood there with a, with um in fact he was sat there with his guitar singing, and he was just incredible, just an incredible voice it was like an incredible moving. Um, this song that he'd written. Uh, and I only caught the end of his act. He did his last two songs. Um, and I just found something really, really powerful about it. So pure, just one person telling their story. And pe- you know how, you know, when you see people busking in or in, um, Street performers in like um, Covent Garden or wherever, and you lo- I always look at the crowd. I always look at the people as well as a performer. And in this particular, this particular guy, he was singing his sort of heartbreak song and everyone was just transfixed. You on know, just, him. just totally on him. Yeah. And it was just that moment, it was there, it was happening, that was it, and then everyone was gonna go and I mean that sounds a bit trite, but the purity of that I was really I was really moved by. Well no, it doesn't sound at all like
0: that because you know, that's purely the essence of theatre because I wanted to start talking to you about theatre and and as a lot of people know I tend not to focus on certain jobs when I'm talking to actors on this podcast because I don't want it to be anecdotal or I don't don't want to be too sort of in-house because there's lots of people that listen to this podcast who have nothing to do with our industry whatsoever Um, but that's the the magic of theatre isn't it it's that moment and then everybody disperses and that, that specific moment will never happen again gain. No. And we've all, we've all, you know, any actor listening to this who's done theatre and certainly, you know, both of us have done enough theatre to go, well, it does, even though we've got an A to B, we've got a script, we've got mm-hmm. a path to walk. It's never the same.
1: No. Twice. No, no. And that's, that's, that's what I like about it. I mean, I think that's probably what most people who, who, who work in theatre love about it is that it, it happens there and then, and then, it's it's gone so uh yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to lean into all of that while i'm up here um so yeah it's good i mean do we should we say how we know each other We've i think each- we should
0: for i think we should for context
1: yeah definitely do you would you want me to say no
0: i think you should say because you're you're my guest
1: we were <laughs> so we were at uh we were at drama school together i was in the year below you yeah uh, yes you, yeah i was in the year below yeah. you at mount U. And um, I always remember you being, like, the, f- the very funny one of your you see, You see, I've been
0: trying to tell people this for 25 years, Giles. Nobody listens to me. Apparently, all I can do is the heavies and the baddies. No, it's the funny. It's the comedy.
1: The comedy, the kind of life and soul one is what I remember you as. as um, uh, and, yeah, it's been good to see you, you know. You're always there. You sort of turn on the TV oh, or turn on the mate, There you are. You, smashing you, it.
0: Too, you too, man. I mean, especially, and this is not a, two actors getting together and having a loving, as, as everybody knows who listens to this podcast. But um, I was talking yesterday, and this is links to theatre, um, to somebody who's not an actor, not a, a member of the crew. To, to, certainly to speak of, but she was a, a box office general manager and she, I was buying some tickets to go to the theatre for the first time this mm. weekend and she said, oh, have, uh, have you been? When was the last time? I said, oh, well, yeah, for a, not for seems like a long time and she went, oh, well, it was my first time as well to see this specific play and she said, I, I felt quite emotional going in and it hadn't occurred to me that i would be overwhelmed stepping back in mm. to that to that space again and to be intimate and yeah. see see a live performance how's it been going in for you after such a long time away
1: um i i went last week uh in in london to see a, a show and um yeah it was very it was very powerful because not only is not only were you aware of the audience feeling, and there were like a thousand people there, going for, for many of them, this is our first time back in seeing a show. Um but as the as the as the performance started, you could feel the audience also going, We know that for those performers up on the stage, this is their first time as well being back doing what they do, and we are appreciative of that as well. Which I found I found really moving there was a sense of kind of um not just doing what you love but but I guess any situation that we um take part in now comes with it the thing of we've we, we are experiencing this thing in spite of COVID having happened or happening yeah we are mm. we are here doing this in spite of it all and that there's a kind of um there are very few things that we get which are kind of uh victories over this whole situation this whole situation but actually yeah. sharing stuff kind of publicly or going to sport or going to the theater is one of them it's like we're actually this 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 is what we enjoy doing this is what we like doing this is what we we um Feel moved to do, and it that that's it's important to it's important to me anyway, um, and I think it's important to society really to kind of be able to go and do these things. Um, Absolutely, and outside so yeah, I found it, I found it, I found it really, I found it really moving. Do you think it's going to going back
0: into theaters and everything's reopening now? Do you think it's going to change the the mindset of audiences and? Performers alike knowing what has been taken away, and, and you know, for some people, it's never going to come back. There's, you know, I know some friends who rehearsed for like four to six weeks. They did a one preview. It's gone. That yeah. is never. It's never coming back now. So, do you think we're going to be? Um, I don't know. It's not more thoughtful because I know we are thoughtful. Uh, you know, not all the time, obviously. But <laughs> do you think? Do you think it's going to change our mindset slightly?
1: I hope so. I mean, I hope so. Like, for, for, I think hopefully it's going to change our mindset, like in society. I think that's the thing I think primarily about this whole thing. Is that yes, you can think of things in terms of the theatre, but actually, theatre still functions within our society. So it's like hopefully this will change us. But I think so often we we forget very quickly in this world where like the news turnover is like. What what that disaster that happened last week? You kind of is forgotten about by the next week. Um, We tend to move on and forget quite quickly. So uh, uh, on one level, you want to go that that appreciation that we all have now. We're back in the theatre for the first time or the second time, whatever. You kind of want to hold on to that and go. This isn't this isn't necessarily. a given that it's going to be here all the time. And it, 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 you know, things get pinged, things get shut down. things get cut. But I don't know. I don't know whether that appreciation will, I mean, what I'd really love to see is like, uh, creatives, like people who come up with shit, mm. uh, and, and make stuff being, having much more of a voice in terms of like, you know, how their, how their pieces is, 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 is told or, or, Or how they're, you know, whether it's like a show or whether it's some Netflix thing or whatever, just it's it's, you know, the one thing the one thing that hasn't actually stopped is the fact that someone can sit in their room and come up with their song or their story or their book or their whatever happens to be their show. You can kind of the ideas are still there, and a lot of a lot of people I know have really kind of embraced the fact of like got all this time come up with something and that isn't always valued in mm. the profession, is it? I mean, you know that you come up with stuff and it's like, you, but, <laughs> the kind but of- there's so, so many fantastic voices who are just not heard yeah, because
0: they're not, they're, they're not allowed.
1: Yeah. But I- and I, I'd love that for that to change because it's like, I know a lot of, of, of um, TV people and theater people, people who run stuff who, are at the moment going right we need we need shit we need stuff like even if it's like okay you know the the thing I at the end of it that I get is like okay we need something black okay we need to like there's there's a lot of of thirst for like (laughs) stuff and I hope that at this moment like artists no matter what no matter where you are in like in the in the the puzzle can kind of go well actually this is what yeah yeah I'll have a conversation with you about my show um, and now this is this is really what I would like from it, as opposed to I think a lot of what happened before is you, the performer, or you, the creative, um, are kind of at the mercy of the kind of green light people and the people who kind of, the gatekeepers, whereas I'd, love, gatekeepers. I'd love to see that shift. Um, yeah, well,
0: ho- well hopefully, yeah. just going back to what we were talking about, theatre and mindset changing, maybe... It's just about being more open. There's more openness and there's, there's a willingness and a kindness to bring stuff to the table and for these voices to be heard more now. Mm. Because it's like, well, just bring it all.
1: Yeah. It, it, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, now is the time to do it. You know, I speak I to young, so. young artists or young graduates, whatever. I'm like, now is the time. You, people, you know, you have a voice. Um, and that window might not necessarily last, uh, you know, forever. So make the most of this time and and, and go for it. Um, but it's it's been a mad, it's been such a mad time that it's difficult to kind of predict anything.
0: Well, I don't, th- I think we'd be foolish to predict anything mm. because I think what, maybe what we've learned is don't predict and don't take things for granted mm. because, look, yeah, you know, I mean I I was I took my son um to Blackpool the other week to see my parents. And he'd kind of been cooped up because he had his hair cut and he had a drumming lesson, they were in the car and he's only 10, and but like, he need this is a he needs to run, he needs to get out. Mm. And so I went right, we're going go to go to the prom, we're going to go and get some sea air and he said, "Oh, can we go on the pier and just sort of go around the amusements?" I said, Absolutely. I've got change in my pocket. You've got five pounds to spend. Let's go and do it. And so I put my mask on, but and it was packed, Giles. It was a packed indoor pier. All the slots were there, all the games. I counted two of the people wearing masks. And I was going, no, I'm not. It's like I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it for everybody else. It's like it's not over. Right. And I'm really I'm so scared that we're gonna and this is not a a COVID podcast by any means, but it's like, it's all connected. And Mm. I don't want us to, you know, for everybody to to just slack off a little bit. And then we get into the, the cold autumnal months and it's like, right, theaters are closing again, restaurants are closing again, everything that we possibly took for granted that they were always going to be there. They're going to be snatched away again. Um, and he was very observant about it as well. My little boys said, no, everybody's clothes here. They're not wearing masks. I said, I know, it's fine. Don't worry. We'll just,
1: we'll wash our hands after we've used the machines. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone I know says this, this is a similar kind of thing. of mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let's just get, let's just do this because we know what's coming. We had the same thing last year. You get to autumn everyone has a bit of time out in the summer and then you get to autumn and then it all kind of shuts down again. So you just hope that, that that's not going to be the case this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I just have to, you know, remain hopeful. That Well,
0: I think that's what we all have to do, you know, remain hopeful and, you know, be a little bit more thoughtful and, slightly kinder with what we've learned. I don't know, man. It's 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 so difficult. I've noticed I have noticed and I don't know whether it's about living where I live. No, it isn't actually because I found this in Brighton where I've been filming. So people are talking to each other a lot more. There's mm. sort of more um conversations going on. Yeah. And I think that's kind of helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it I think I think it goes through waves. Did you because I don't know if you noticed but there's a moment just after like lockdown starts to ease where people can go out for the first time, and and then there's that kind of appreciation, and then there's a moment where it, people kind of get fatigue about it, and like oh fuck it, I'm just gonna you know I'm not gonna put my mask on in the in the arcade or whatever, and then I don't know it kind of goes two ways, but I think I think um, when we see the the kind of uh, those nice connect those good basic human connections that you're talking yeah. about, that just conversations. Yeah. That's like, okay, great. Well, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're doing something. We're doing something right.
0: Um, yeah. But at the end of the day,
1: it's such a messed up situation. That kind of word unprecedented. Word. It's like, none of us have had to deal with this before. So, uh, you know, you know it, it's, it's, um, it's tricky, but I, I, you know, I went into lockdown going, right the one thing I know is that I want to make the most of this opportunity to see it as like as an opportunity to go one. I'm always saying, um, wouldn't it be great to be able to just, you know, take a bit of a breather for a second. So while mm-hmm. this has kind of been imposed, try and at least um, make the most of it and kind of, yes, there's the worry about whether work's going to happen again, what's happening to the industry, of course, but I, I, I couldn't help but feel like, Whatever happens, the industry is going to be smashed. So it, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a choice as to whether I try and come out of this situation like healthier and in a better, better thing than when I went in. That was all I said, right? Just try and come out of it slightly better, in a better position, like mentally. Physically, spiritually, just do whatever you can in this situation because when it starts to end, if that if you can say the word end, when we when when things start to move on again, we're all gonna have to be pretty strong because the industry theatres aren't gonna be there anymore. Yeah. Theatre companies aren't gonna be there anymore. Things which were there are not gonna be there. People, um so it it's that's the only thing that I really could, could say with any certainty was like, just try what? and stay healthy
0: it's 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 slightly similar to when we started the conversation when i was talking about being in my car in a traffic jam yes yeah yeah i i i i I, I can't do there's nothing i can do personally in this car about this so i just have to take care of myself and Mm. just take it calmly and deal with it yeah yeah and roll with it and And hopefully and you know it's not gonna can't last for can't last forever. He says with a massive
1: question mark, <laughs> with a massive upward inflection. But <laughs> yeah. listen, but listen, you made it, and here we are. So
0: But you know, it's similar. You know, it's like what you were saying. Yeah. You know, well, I'm gonna look after myself mentally and physically because I'm gonna, even though I've known as a as an actor for so many years that I have to put on a suit of armor because I have to protect myself. Yeah. Mentally and physically with any amounts of rejection and, and challenges that come along the way, it's going to be even worse this right, time. Right. So coming out of it. So, yeah, I think that's a very positive mindset, man.
1: Yeah. But tell, you but know, t-
0: go, on. No, go on, sorry.
1: No, no, please. Uh, no, you know, you, some days you, you, you win at that and then some days you don't. So, And that's the other thing of going, like, some days are going to be really shit days just personally. Maybe I'm not going to want to, you know, get off the sofa for half the day that's fine maybe i want to watch um you know tiger king all day you know that's actually fine not every day but but if that's what i need to do to kind of get through that 24 hours then fair enough so i think you know you just have to take it one day at a time was the other thing i thought
0: but but my god those days were happening uh pre-pandemic anyway you know, you've going to, <laughs> to have some really <laughs> shit days. <laughs> exactly. uh, it's just, it's just, it just became slightly more intense. <laughs> really? <laughs> Giles, <laughs> yeah. tell me, um, prior to Hamilton, were you a ferocious diary keeper anyway,
1: over the years growing up? Ferocious, I wouldn't say, but I... Passionate? Um, passionate. Passionate is what I would say. I would, right. and, and I would keep it, like, for work. So um, not necessarily, like, dear diary, kind of my own sort of, um, you know, pri- private life kind of diary, but uh, it would be for work. So especially if I was, like, travelling as well, if I had a, a gig which was which was really interesting and needed a lot of kind of processing and all of that. And if I was, if I was traveling or was international or whatever, and I was actually physically doing lots of stuff, then yeah, I would, I would, that's something I've always done. Um, in fact, I did I was doing it at Mountview. I did it. I kept a, a diary a lot of times at Mountview. Um, and it's kind of on and off really it depends what I'm doing. There might be time where, like, I think before Hamilton, I hadn't really kept on for a few years um so it's not something you
0: take with you from role to role it's it's not not something i do every job it's not it's not part of your
1: process well it is but it depends what it is it depends what the job is um like i say if there's something that really kind of is a real challenge or something that requires like a lot of research and all that kind of stuff then it usually helps me but um but not not all the time not every time
0: was this? Was it always your? I'm sorry for, for context. Even though I'll, I'll speak about this in the intro. Anyway, we should just sort of let everyone know what we're talking about here because your book Hamilton and Me is out now, and it's your diary from when you. It just starts just before your fortieth birthday, doesn't it? It starts on my fortieth birthday. starts on your fortieth birthday, but it's you. You heard your agent said you have to listen to this soundtrack.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, th- and that and- was a. Yeah, the 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 the, yeah. I mean, uh, the 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 process of auditioning was about six months prior to that fortieth birthday. The the final audition, and when I got the job, was was on my fortieth birthday. So there'd been a bit of a a kind of build up to to that in terms of the audition process. And then there was a massive gap after I got the job before the rehearsal started. Was like ten months or something. Oh my god! And then the show, I was in the show for like a year. So it was a couple of years that this um, that I kept this diary. Um,
0: yeah, and was it always the intention to get it published, or was that somebody else's idea, or
1: no? Do you know what I was? I was. Um, I had another idea for a, for another book. Uh, for for like I don't know, maybe six or seven years. I thought I want to write something which is for like young graduates, young actors, young artists, young theatre makers um when i when i came out of drama school and you know in, at mountview we had like an amazing set of teachers from yeah. all different disciplines um and i learned a lot from them so i came out of drama training going if i ever get the opportunity to kind of kind of t- give give someone a bit of that that i kind of had from then i then i will so it took me a while <laughs> but but i got kind of had this idea like i want to write a book for young graduates young young students and while we were doing Hamilton I thought oh I might be able to use something from this diary that I'm keeping for one of the chapters in this book that's the only thing I really thought I thought oh, maybe there'll be a chapter in the book about like acting through song or, or musicals or whatever so I thought okay I might be able to use a bit of this Hamilton thing for that book so last year during lockdown um I thought okay I'm going to do, I'm going to get around to that book idea. (laughs) I've got got all this time. I've I've taken all these notes over these years and I've, 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 I've I've worked with different directors and I've kind of tagged along with different directors and theater makers in preparation for this thing, this book. So I thought, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and do it because we've got this, this whole lockdown imposed. So then I got to the chapter about, so I started to write that and I got to the chapter about musicals and songs And I thought, okay, well, I I, I remembered. I thought, oh, I'll use the Hamilton. I'll use something from the Hamilton thing. So I went and found my Hamilton diary. And as I started to read it, I thought, oh, this is really, this is really good. This is really um, interesting. Um, So I showed it to my literary agent. I was talking to her about it. I showed it to her, and she said, oh no, this you should do this book. Never mind the the other book. Just like this is the thing you should do because. Um, it contains all the things you're talking about, but this other yeah. book about training and rehearsing and a process and all of that, the actor's kind of journey is in this diary that you've kept. So I kind of thought about it for a bit and I didn't write it to be published. I just wrote it because that's what I normally do. So I had to kind of arm um and arm ah about it. I was like, well, will this mean anything to anyone else? Because it doesn't really explain a lot about what's there. And So I, I, I yeah. And then, I showed it to a couple of friends who are nothing to do with the industry, and they said, "Oh no, no, I get it. I get what you're talking about in this book, and it, it's it. You know, it comes across." So then I thought, "Okay, right, let's 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 see if we can um, let's see if we can put it out." So then my agent went off and, and uh, had a lot of conversations, and then we we got a deal, and then that's how it kind of came about. So it, it wasn't it kind of just sort of happened, but um. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I mean, I was.
0: I, I mean, it's 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 so interesting you say that because when I was listening to those extracts on Radio Four, and I would put it on religiously all week, and I was cleaning the house, and I was doing, I was listening, and it is so personal. So you're worried about it, thinking, "Well, is this going to mean anything to anybody?" It really does. Yeah, it's, it's such a such a singular voice. And there was a great moment in the book where. It is your birthday and you get offered the role of Aaron Burr and it's that thing which is so important and especially for, for graduates and, and younger actors who are getting their first jobs but it still happens now to everybody who's been in it for you know 20 odd years you get that absolute immediate high of getting the job and then a few hours later, the worry comes in <laughs> exactly. to go, "Oh shit! Now I've got to do it." Yeah. But what? What? What if? What? Maybe. Maybe I can't. And then you had what was it? How, how from getting offered the job to actually starting rehearsals? That is a long yeah period.
1: Ten months, Ten months. You have to.
0: do you have to would have had to have done some serious work on yourself to take, <laughs> talk yourself down off that ledge. My do, God.
1: Do, do you know what? It was interesting because we couldn't tell anyone about it. So you get cast, you get offered the job, and then you can't speak about it because they need to make the official announcement or whatever. Right. So it's like a lot of things you can't talk about once you've got the job. So actually, it was easy for me to sort of not not imagine that it hadn't happened, but... I couldn't talk about it a lot, so I was kind of just <laughs> carrying on. And then there's a bit of you that thinks is it's not quite real yet because it's not no one's talking about it. Mm. Um so actually I had half of those ten months just kind of and then I did another play in that time. I mean, that was so long. I had ten months, I did another play at the Donmar um before rehearsal started. And uh yeah, it was it was to begin with it then once people started talking about it, and you're you know, you're walking down the street and this like I'll never forget going down um Park Lane. I was in High Park and I looked over and down Park Lane there were like three buses with massive Hamilton posters on the side and then I was like, "Oh shit, this is that's it's what happening I, uh, it's happening but but by then by then i was um I mean you know what it's like when you fight it, it, it again, it goes through ways. I'm sure you've had the same where you fight for a park and it's a big movie or whatever, all the you know, amazing things you've done, it's a big project, and you, you are terrified to begin with, and then you kind of have to get over that fear, and then you kind of lean back on your the passion of why you wanted to get that thing in the first place. Mm. So, again, it's always like a balancing act of, like, again, I knew, you know, some days I'd be terrified and some days I'd be, you know, really happy. <laughs> and, and as long as you get a balance of those two things and you don't let the kind of fear ultimately knock you off balance then i think you know that that kind of um anxiety is can be can be useful um as long as it's you handle it in the right way do you find uh, find that uh, yeah
0: absolutely as long as it's not crippling Mm. as long as it doesn't start to take over Mm wait a minute you need to work out who's in control here and it's yeah. not it's not the anxiety saying you can't do this you can't do this there's 10 other people that can do this better than you right right uh, so it is it's what you say it's a it's a, a balancing
1: act i think yeah it, it was it was uh and also that never really once we got into rehearsals it was i was convinced i mean you know i'm sure you've had that again where you think okay i'm gonna get found out today today's the oh. day I get found out to, uh, by the end of the week I'm going to be gone because they're right. going to go oh shit oh no 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 you're not the one we want you know no no you can't yeah. do it and all of that but you just you know you 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 kind of have to find a way to battle through that and um, thankfully for me there was a lot that felt like I could draw on um, a lot of stuff that had kind of happened in my life before Hamilton so it wasn't just about, like, this really amazing show um, and this really incredible part. It was actually about, you know, lots of stuff that I learned when we were at Mountview from mm. people and from all, like, amazing people that I've learned stuff from and that they've given me kind of felt like that would all be drawn upon to, to to kind of do this role. So it was, I had a lot of, I think, like, in those moments where I was terrified, I had a lot of friends from the last twenty years of my career who had who I could kind of lean on to go, actually, I'm I'm actually been preparing for this for quite a while. Um so it's good it was good to have it's good to be able to sort of um draw on some of that um personal stuff from the past really. It helped. Is it is that
0: something you do draw on for other roles as well? Do you always go back to the past or is it what I suppose it does it is it the role that dictates that? Yeah,
1: and it was just it was the, the, Hamilton is such it, it demands so much, and then the part that I was playing Aaron Burr, it's like those big um, Shakespeare parts. It's, you know that you need you need everything to be able to just play them. Mm. Um So for me, it was very it, you know some some things you do, you go, oh, I know, I know what that is. D- you know, um uh, that's in the initial instinct. You then have to to get it together and work out the performance and do all of that. That's difficult. But in the initial instinct, you can kind of go, oh, I, I i know that character. I know I've got a feeling about how I would do it. Whereas with this, yes, I had that. But there was a lot more that was demanded, I think. Um, so I had to use a lot more of my my sort of life experience and and actually that helped in a way because you're not dealing with stuff which is sort of second guessing like the normal industry stuff about what does you know a casting director or a director want or what's the reviews going to be or all that sort of quite superficial stuff the stuff that I was actually drawing on was to do with people I knew and relationships and situations I've been in and family and The kind of essential. So, and actually, it was quite. It was quite. um, I I found in those moments when I when I really needed sort of strength that actually I had quite a lot of things to to draw on.
0: And that Um, was there. That was there to support you through the rehearsal process and sort of all the way through the run. I suppose. Yeah, I I
1: never really felt alone during it, which might sound really really weird, but I I definitely felt um, that. Yeah, I was I was definitely helped in in the um the life lessons that I've had so and the experiences that I've had so far. Um but and I know lots of other people in our cast felt the same really. It was for for a lot yeah. of people it was like the kind of a lot of their life had been sort of building towards this particular moment in a way. Um which which, you know, you don't need to display the audience never need to know that the audience want to just see an amazing performance or show and they want to be entertained um but as a as a as an artist you kind of it's tough it's tough you know not to not to second guess or not to fall back on like your tricks or not to you know it's it's tough to sort of be present with 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 um some of these roles and some of this work if it's something you're passionate about so it, you know, I don't really take any of that for granted, but it was—it was also very fun. All that to say, it was also very fun. It was like an amazingly—I
0: uh, mean, it, look, it looked. I remember when I saw it in London, and I'd heard the soundtrack, and I'd been building up to it. I was really looking forward to seeing it, and it did look like. And not in a way, it looked like everybody was having a lot of fun, but not in a way that it was disrespectful to the audience. And I'm sure I've, you know, sometimes if you see, I see maybe certain plays or certain, certainly certain comedies on television. Mm. And sometimes I can look and maybe it's because I, you know, I do what I do and I go, Mm. yeah, you had a lot more fun than we did as an audience. Right. Right. And, And I never found that at all with Hamilton. I thought it, there was so much respect for the text all yeah. the time. Did you ever did you sorry, did you feel that you were pushed as an actor for this role by 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 the creative team during the rehearsal process?
1: Yeah, we we um and definitely by our director Tommy Tommy Kale. Um who was very like, he let me – he let, he gave me a lot of space. Um, you know, it, Hamilton works like clockwork. So, I mean, there's literally a massive – two massive revolves on the stage which are going all the time. So it's, like, high, high precision. Um, mm. And it's choreography the whole way through it. It's music the whole way through. So it, you have to be absolutely regimented, really, in it. At the same time, Tommy, our director, was able to go – for me, at any rate um, – Find this, find this character, find this journey yourself, come up with your ideas, um, not necessarily like, uh, he, you know, he might say, feel free to move wherever you like, in this particular moment. And then we would kind of refine it because he knew ultimately where I actually need to be. But mm. le- letting me as a performer, kind of feel like I own it. And actually that I found right, quite challenging. That was it, was a kind of challenging in a way because, on one level, it might sound like he's kind of being quite free with it, but actually, he then puts the onus on you as a performer to go, What do you believe? What do you want to come up with in this particular moment? Yeah, which which actually was a really smart move because he knew that actually there could be an element where you kind of, as performers, we walk into the room and rehearsal room and go, Right, tell me where to stand, tell me what notes to sing, tell me what words to sing. And that's not gonna cut it ultimately because the audience aren't really that's not really what the audience need. The audience need a, a storyteller who goes, This is my story, and I'm telling it to you right now. So you need ownership of it. Um so they but, but yeah. But thanks. that
0: is the mark of, of of a creative and intelligent director, because yeah, he could he could quite easily have gathered an incredible cast for London and gone, okay, we have a blueprint yeah. of a highly successful show that has lit fires mm-hmm. all around the world. Everybody's talking about it. And this is what you do. You yeah. stand there, you do this, you yeah. say it like, this. I suppose it's a bit like, um, you know, look, I can't sing for anything. One of my first jobs was a musical and I had to go on as an understudy once, the most terrifying thing ever. And it was like, you stand there, you do that, right. and that's what you do. Yeah. So you, you're you just stepping into somebody's shoes. But I'm so pleased to hear that it wasn't like that because, you know, you had to find your burr. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, it was. And, and that's why I say it was fun because for everyone, you were able to – and this doesn't happen all the time, is to bring the thing which is your fire, the thing that you're passionate about. Like um, members in our ensemble, they were all different, all different disciplines, all different kind of dancing backgrounds Mm. that come from some really kind of classically trained musical theatre like ballet, some really kind of street hip hop dancing. And everyone in that show got to bring their own flavour to what they were doing. And that's why it was fun, because it doesn't always come that way. You, no. you kind of, you get offered a job, and it's like, okay, this is what we need, and you have to sort of fit into that. Whereas actually, you looked around on stage, and everyone was doing the shit that they are really passionate about. And that's why it was fun. And I, and I kind of felt that they, they really, um, the creative team really not only allowed us to do that, but said, actually, that's important. That element is really, really important, because... If you bring that element to it, when you're on stage and you're recreating that choreography, you're not recreating that choreography. You're expressing what you feel really, really passionate about mm. through the choreography or through that song, through that note. So that's why I say it was fun because everyone was just like, this, I'm doing the shit that I don't normally get to do, don't always get to do. Um, it was, And it was a joy to see that. You know, A friend of mine in the company, Leslie... Lizzie garcia Bowman, who's like an amazing like hip hop dancer, he can do crazy stuff, and he doesn't get to do what he did in Hamilton all the time. Um, and then here he, he was, kind of doing these kind of amazing shapes and moves and spins and jumps, and and everyone has their bit in the show to to kind of express that. Absolutely, yeah. It was it was it was. Uh, but that's that that's joy. what
0: really comes across as an audience member. And it's so interesting to hear about, yes, it was regimented, but also there's a counterbalance of being very free and going, you do what you do. And yeah. Because you do look at it sometimes and you go, oh, my God, that's so graceful. Oh, my God, that's so fucking hip and cool. Look what that's yeah. doing there. There's just a lovely yeah. balance across across the stage. Yeah.
1: Cause, now, cause he, it's be- oh, go on please no go on if you if you yeah because otherwise it is just choreography you know it is just a note. it's like that's fine but you have to you have to put the, the flame that or the fire that's inside that bit of that move otherwise it's just going to be dead um so there is this kind of clockwork but actually inside of that there's there's got to be real kind of passion and fire and and everyone kind of got that in the show i think
0: Speaking of passion and fire, Giles, yeah. where did your passion come to theatre? When did
1: that come into your life? Um, I bet it's the same as you, actually. I just don't know if, because I I didn't know uh, I didn't go to the theatre as a kid. No, couldn't no. couldn't afford to go to the theatre. Went nope. maybe went to the cinema on like a you know Saturday matinee or whatever to see. A you know Disney movie or a Jungle Book or whatever, but didn't go to theatre. Didn't come to London to go to theatre. Went to pantomime, but not. But that's it. Um, and then I had friends. Uh, at GCSE, I did quite badly in GCSE because I got into music and bands, and I was I was much preferred in songwriting. I much preferred that. So when I left school, some, some friends in a year above had gone to do like a. Um, a BTEC in performing arts. So I just, mm. I, I, I went with them. Um, they were like, you know, you, I, cause I, at school I kind of, I did, uh, you know, I'd be the kid that they made to get up and speak in assembly or whatever to read something out in assembly. That was basically what I did. Cause I was always <laughs> dicking around, like make, you know, making people laugh the class clown or whatever. We we're all the class clown. So that was kind of channeled into, i oh, come and do this performing arts course. And then once I got there, they were all in the year above me. So then they were after two years, they were going to audition for the drama schools in London, and I didn't know anything about that. Um, but then once I twigged that that was a, a that was a thing you could do, you go and train. Oh, and then you are an actor, and then you work in London. Okay, right. Once I understood that, I thought, oh, well, that's what I've been doing all the time anyway. Um, I've, I've, I've always I've always been telling stories, and um, so that's kind of technically. I think how I, so when I came down to London to go to Mountview, yeah, the year after you, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, and I was like, I I'm passionate about telling stories. I always think I was a storyteller, I'm not really an actor, but I'm passionate about telling stories, and that's that's what I, that's what I spent all my time doing. Um, I think so. Th- so then, before you know, the question is like before that, and I think before that, on my mum's side, there's loads of storytellers. Um, no one in the theatre at all, or artists, but I've got lots of storytellers on on both sides of my family, and lots of kind of characters. So I think, I think it must have come in there f- from 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 somewhere in there. But um, my path to going to drama school was 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 not a particular. You know, everyone else when I was at Matthew seemed to be have gone to to the RSC, a lot to see plays in yeah. and they knew all about the National Theatre, and, and yeah. I didn't know any of that shit. I didn't know anything. So I, I always felt like I was kind of catching up a bit.
0: Um, yeah. No, I, I, look, I felt exactly the same, you know, and mm. I didn't really have a passion for pantomime. I always thought it was all extremely silly <laughs> and I thought as a, a young child I was completely above this I don't know okay. why you're all laughing at it okay. um and then I went I went on a school trip to see was it a school trip it might have been a college trip maybe it was a school trip anyway I was I was young at the time to go and see uh what the butler saw um okay. in Liverpool and I just thought it was the most sophisticated telling of comedy on stage and then I just and then I i st- I've still got it on my bookshelf over here. I stole I'll tell you where it was now. I stole a wow. complete a copy of the complete Joe Orton plays. Wow there it is. This this should have been returned in yeah a long long time ago that's that terrible person and i just sort of devoured that and he was one of the first playwrights and i went oh you can go on stage and you can just be really funny and slightly rude and a bit sexy and this can all go on and you couldn't really say and then the deeper i got with him it just sort of opened my eyes to you know more and more theater even though You know, I don't do a lot of theatre as 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 an actor, really, and it's not for want of not loving it. I really appreciate it. I just don't know if I have the stamina that's needed. Mm. Did you? Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: it does. It does because I wanted to when I when I came to drama school. I wanted to go into like films because that's what I knew. Um. That's what I would I I loved movies as a kid and, and my mum loved movies, so we'd watch movies and that's what I kind of knew as oh, acting, okay, storytelling fine, theatre I didn't really go to. But it just so happened that the first couple of gigs that I did were um big theatre stuff at the national and, and it was like I was there for like fourteen months doing a whole mm. bunch of plays and then the RSC was after that, and that was like a year. So I kind of kind of fell into that. But I do. I have massive respect for my friends who who like work on screen a lot because it, it's, uh, I, you know, in in many ways I don't know whether I have, um, the equivalent of the stamina to do that. It's 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 a hard thing. It's a difficult thing, and it's and it's so uh,
0: different. It's so different. Isn't yeah, it? you know, ultimately it it's loads. kind of the, it's
1: it's it's the the end result is of course the same because you're you're you're. Performing, you're telling a story, but the means, how you get there, and the, the circumstances around it, are really, really different. So, um, I just did a, I just did a film with, you know, Neil Math. Do you know Neil He's, he's I was, one of, I, was he's like, <laughs> I was just about to talk about
0: the difference of theatre and film and your your latest project. Yes, of
1: course I do, Neil. I didn't know Neil at all, and I met him. and Neil has been acting since he was nine or something yep. like on screen. Yeah, and so we had we did this film at the National, and um, uh, and it was, it was it was we shot it at the National on the Littleton stage, which was turned into into. Um, into a film studio, basically. And uh, so we were were able to rehearse for a couple of weeks. And Neil just... He just... He really could not get his head around our rehearsal. Whereas, you know, it would be like... (laughs) Because normally on screen, you turn up and you do it. That's it. In theatre, you you rehearse for four weeks or whatever it is. And Neil Neil and I got on so brilliantly. And he would... um, he would, you know, you'd get to like 4.30 or whatever in the afternoon and he'd be absolutely knackered. <laughs> and I'd be there like, yeah, what will we do next? Because I'm used to that. I'm used to kind of that. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, fucking get on this. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. <laughs> um, but then I knew that once we got on set, he would absolutely be in his element. And, and I knew that I'd be learning, you know, a million and one things per hour from him in that environment. Um, which is exactly right, I mean he no one knows their way around a kind of set better than mask so, no. um but it 's interesting how how it is a different you 're going for the, ultimately the same thing aren 't you but it 's a different just just way just of to
0: the... give give the listeners a bit of context there because we kind of jumped into that, and I know exactly what you 're talking about um and look I may be wrong here Am i is it a bit is it a hybrid because it 's it's it's not theatre and it's not film. There's, and it, is it to camera monologues the most of the time? Or yeah, yeah. Because a- it's, it's, it's the third part in Roy yeah. Williams and Clint Dyer's trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, Death
1: of England. So they did one hmm. just before lockdown with um, Rafe Spall. And then in lockdown, they wrote a second part to it. Basically, it was a one-man show, basically. So in in lockdown, they wrote a second part to it, based on the perspective of the best friend of the Witch. person from the first one. Witch. Which? Which was me. I, yes. I was, was going <laughs> to do it. And then I had an operation, so I didn't end up doing it in the end. Um, and then they wrote a third part to it with both characters in it. Uh, and then they decided to film that. So the Littleton stage was trans... I think they did, like, two productions before ours i did romeo and juliet and i think he did another one um which were very much kind of theater hybrid especially being shakespearean oh. whereas with ours clint clint basically shot it um like it was we were out on location it's set in in my character's uh, flat in east london and we shot it like we were basically shooting it out on location low budget film um uh, there's a lot of to camera stuff but, uh, <laughs> but but it's this kind of mad thing. It's not like a, it's not like a theatre piece, really, because it's set in this in this very specific situation, this flat, and it's very kind of realistic in many ways. Um, it's not the heightened element is the fact that we we are we often talk to the viewer down down the down the barrel down the lens. But mm. but in terms of the thing itself, it's about two two mates and. The shit that they get up to and the trouble they get into and, and their relationship with each other and their families and, all, and their history and all of that um, and so Neil was played the, uh, played the other, the other character um, Michael, uh, and we we got on brilliantly and i learned, I learned a lot I learned a lot from him
0: was it an interesting experience, this rehearsing for a short space of time? to be on stage but to be on camera yeah i mean it's it's
1: yeah because you wouldn't necessarily know you're on stage like um because the littleton stage is massive very Mm. wide so we put the iron curtain was brought down which is like the fire curtain which goes between the stage and the in the audience. um so is you were basically on the sound stage Oh, my God, right. So that was down. That's just given me... Yeah, it was just like being on a South, So sometimes I'd walk out and go, oh, we're in the National Theatre, because it was basically... They built this incredible set of my flat, which I thought was really amazing for my flat. I was like, this is like a £1 million flat or something. <laughs> I, I don't know where this is in Hackney. But um, they built this incredible set with amazing details in it, and you thought you were in... You know, you were on location, like I say, somewhere. So it, you never really felt like you were in the theatre... Um, uh, and, and Clint really kind of pushed the the kind of boundaries with how he wanted to shoot it. So it's very cinematic, very filmic, and all the stuff that you would normally use if you're shooting something. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it'd be interesting to see what people make of it. I think it comes out in a couple of months. It's, it's, going, to
0: be, it's going to be on Sky, isn't it? Yeah, it's very yeah, soon. Just like the Romeo and Juliet with Jesse was.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it was It was cool. It was wicked. I loved it. I really, really loved it. Had a great team. And Neil was... <laughs> how do you know Neil?
0: Neil's been one of my closest friends since I graduated. Right. So I met him through uh, a mutual friend of ours. So I met him when I was 21. Right. And I'm 45.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's an incredible, incredible actor. Yeah. In- and a brilliant person. So it was... It was um, I, I was glad that we got to do that. Well, he, yeah,
0: he, 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 yeah, I'm not going to blow smoke, but he spoke extremely highly of you. By the <laughs> way, yeah, he <laughs> adored <laughs> working with you. And uh, interestingly enough, um, I my next guest on this podcast is Roy Williams.
1: No, ah, Yes! Roy, Roy is like the busiest man in show business at the moment because he was he was doing our movie Death of a but he was also doing. I think his 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 play was on at lyric i think at the time and then he was also writing another screenplay or something so we saw him we didn't see him every day but um uh yeah he's 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 the master you know he's he's brilliant
0: i'm really interested in talking to him because you know and i'll talk to him about this i don't know about you but i was talking about theatre a few weeks ago with everything reopening mm. to to uh, another friend of mine and I was saying, look, I love it, but I do get disappointed. Mm. I, I I I suppose I have such high expectations, or there's a certain hype, and I do feel let down. And then I was thinking, when did I, when did I hear about nothing, no hype? And then I went to see something that completely blew me away, and it was sucker punch. Mm. Yeah, and I. For anybody who doesn't who's listening who doesn't know what Sucker Punch was, just look it up at the Royal Court and see what they did to that theatre to transform it. Um, and that was like I just don't think I've ever seen anything like that yeah. before.
1: Yeah, he's he's you know he 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 kind of puts you in a place I find uh, as a like as a spectator or as a, as a theatre goer or whatever punter. That you kind of is kind of very is not particularly comfortable at all, but yet it's true, and yet it's funny, and yet you you you're, you're you you come out. I don't know whether that's you say that. I was going to say you come out definitely feeling you've changed or you've definitely been challenged. Yeah, I, um, that I love that. Yeah. I
0: love to be challenged, and I love the excitement. And I think the true testament is it that you know we're talking about it now years mm. later mm-hmm. and I'm, st- and I'm going back and I'm st- I was driving today and I was going and I was, you popped into my head and then Roy popped into my head and then just striking images of mm. that play popped into my head. And then I was thinking about, it's funny you should say about before about Hamilton about, oh, look at her, look at her gracefulness with her ballet technique, and he's just the master of hip-hop, and those things just still come back, and that—that that, that mm. is the marking of, of good theatre, that it sticks with you years yeah. later. And You know, I don't think it's wanky to say that it does change. It does. Of course it does. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's, like you say, it's amazing when it does. Amazing when you feel like, oh, wow, I've... Even if it's just to, to think about something that you hadn't necessarily thought about or to re-examine something that you've you had a feeling about or your opinion about, even if it's just a few moments on the way back, you know, as you leave mm. the theatre or whatever, that's kind of enough. It adds, it adds to your life experience, I think. So, absolutely. And Roy does that. Roy definitely does that.
0: But also it might just be, it might not even be the whole piece. It might be one scene that exactly. just absolutely yeah. sings to mm. you and mm. stays with you. Yeah. and does and makes you think about something. It has that sort of domino effect, and it leads on to something else, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, now, I really think that your book should be on the reading list of drama
1: schools going forward. Hopefully. That would be very good. I'd love that. I would really love that because, you know, I, I kind of came to the conclusion of um, part of the responsibility, we always talked about that quite a lot in the company. Like, what is the responsibility to do with all this stuff that we've now been um, kind of given access to and we've all been part of? And, you know, you leave the production and it's, it's still there carrying on and I kind of thought, well, people, you know, lots of young people especially, really look up to the piece It's kind of a weird thing to say, but they a lot of people look up to the piece of aval of, to of the show um and and in a way it can sit on a bit of a pedestal rightly because it is an incredible piece of work absolutely but i i what I realize since I've left is um in the same way that you can go you can look at an amazing actor you can look at Meryl Streep or Judy Dench, and as a as a as a not even a young actor, as a mere mortal actor, you go, oh well, I'll never reach that. I could never do that because they it just seems so high above everything else. I think a lot of young people feel that way about a show like Hamilton. And I remember when I saw it, I thought, how can someone come up with something so like perfectly formed and realised? Like this music and the movement and the costumes and the storytelling and how you kind of went along with every character that you, even though there were so many words and stuff, this perfectly formed thing. But actually having been through it, what I was able to see was that perfectly formed thing came about because people rolled their sleeves up and worked really hard and were really honest about what it was that they wanted to tell and how they wanted to do it and they grafted and grafted and grafted and created this thing and i think actually it's really important especially for young actors to kind of go yes hamilton is this thing but you you actually could do that same thing it don't don't look at it like it's this this kind of wonder thing on this pedestal look at it and go that was someone's hard work that was someone's you know Lin-Manuel went into to the to the White House and said yeah I'm gonna do this um hip-hop song about (laughs) you know the the kind of uh the minister for finance or whoever (laughs) he was and you know they were like okay yeah (laughs) See ya. On, and, and, you know, seven years later on Broadway, he, he grafted and grafted and grafted and worked and stuck to something which mm. other people might think, well, that's bullshit or that's never going to work. Or that's not particularly that's not a, a kind of um, that's not a no brainer. That's like a, very much a brainer. Like, I can't understand that. He kind of stuck to it and he kind of worked hard. And I think that's really important, especially now. It's like if you've got if you've got something which is you're passionate about, then you know be 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 emboldened by the fact that actually there are instances where if you do that and you you persevere and you kind of keep going and you keep going and you keep going, then you can realise it. Um, Hamilton didn't just sort of fall out of the sky fully formed. It took a shitload of work. and I think so I thought, OK, well, if, if if my bit of the contribution to that is is showing people a little bit about how that hard work that went into the show and putting it together, then maybe that will be helpful to, you know, to other people. So I hope it will be on the reading lists because um, if I can share that experience with people, then I'm, I, I think it's I'm not only happy to, but I think it's kind of a bit of an obligation to do that, you know.
0: Absolutely. Charles Torreira, that is just the perfect place to end this conversation. Craig a, Parkinson, I
1: can't believe, I can't no. believe. This has been like, it's, it's been ridiculously long since we met, but i yeah, really enjoyed this. Uh, well, when I'm
0: next in London, um, let's go and have a nice cup of tea and yes, a slice please. of cake. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but this has been gorgeous. Thank you so, so much, man. Thank you, Congratulations brother. on everything and uh, and certainly the book. Fantastic. Likewise. Thanks, Thanks, man. And another episode is done. What did I tell you? What an absolutely fantastic bloke, Giles. Is. I'm so thrilled that he made time and he was sympathetic with my lateness. You know, I hate being late. The last time I was late not not too late was with Daniel Ryan in the first year. I was a couple of hours late. It was amazing with that. I'm usually uh, always on time. I'm so thrilled, and I can't thank Giles enough for taking time out of his holiday in Edinburgh to join us. As I say, he had been on my list for a long time, and it did not disappoint. Bit of a different episode, different flavour this week, wasn't it? Um But I loved it, nonetheless. Um, I hope you did too. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing. And just to reiterate, his book is out now. It's called Hamilton and Me. This is, you know, I, I'm. It, we're not sponsored by this book. He hasn't asked to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to support what he did. And it was so interesting to hear about the origins of of the diary and what it turned into. Um, So let's hope it makes it onto the drama school syllabus for the reading list. Look, Anthony shared the Year of the King. It might not mean anything to anybody. Um, Has been on there for a long time. Is it relevant anymore? Of course, possibly it is. Is there room for new blood and a new voice? And, uh, you know, let's talk about what's going on today in theatre. So, uh, yeah, take note, lovely heads of drama schools who listen to this podcast. Um, Well, as you heard from the end of our conversation, um, next week's guest is the incredible playwright, Mr. Roy Williams. And as I say on the podcast, if... You don't know Roy's work. Give him a Google. Look up the images for some of his plays, especially Sucker Punch at the Royal court. Crikey, O'Reilly, what a play. Um, so shall I see you next week for that? Yeah? Are you sure? Great. Until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care of yourself until next week, all right? See ya.